This is the What If I Told You podcast, a show that will never leave you hanging for too long. Or will we? How funny would it have been if we would have done part one of that episode, then not drop part two for like three months? (laughs) (laughs) That's really thinking about the long game. You know, (laughs) we might just fuck around and do that. There's no rule saying we have to release this immediately afterwards. No, we, we are not on any sort of contract with anyone. We can do this shit as we please. Our own bosses right here. But, JK. Um, <laughs> we are back for part two of um, the horrible, horrible, horrible story of how Chris Watts murdered his entire family. Yes. Um, so, if you have not listened to part one, go ahead and put this episode on pause scroll up click on part one listen to it um yeah this is an episode titled part two so if you started here yeah first of all what's going on what's wrong with you what's going on are you are you drinking because that's fine but do you just do you just crave chaos yeah i mean if that's the case by all means we don't want to tell you how to live your life but um handle your confusion then Yeah. You know what? Go ahead and listen to part two and then part one. That's right. We're not going to explain shit. (laughs) Um, But since we literally just recorded part one three minutes ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Not a lot has changed since then. No, I feel the same. Yeah. But we will remind you to check out our socials. We have a TikTok. We have an Instagram. And we have an email. Yes, and by the time this episode is live, hopefully there will be new things on the TikTok. Yeah. So. But if not, you know, give us a break. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, We had eggs and bacon and biscuits for breakfast. We did, yeah. That was delicious. Uh, that's always a crowd pleaser. Um, you can't ever go wrong with eggs, bacon, And biscuits. Absolutely not. I have been cooking my eggs a different way to where I don't have to flip them. I enjoyed them. So the yolk is not in jeopardy. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't remember where Dakota got this trick, but really you just crack your egg in there. You let it cook and then you cover it. You, I have like a water, like little squirt bottle of water you just put a little water in there, steam fills underneath the lid, cooks the top of your egg. Yeah. So you don't have to flip it. Um, this is a game changer. Yeah. For, it was perfect. For runny yolk people, it's a game changer. That's really the only way I like my eggs, unless it's an omelet form. I like eggs almost any way except deviled. Oh, I love deviled eggs. <laughs> I think we've talked about deviled yeah. eggs. Um, I'm not a fan of deviled eggs, mostly because I don't do mustard or mayonnaise, and that's all the filling of a deviled egg is. Mm. Um, but I have been on, we've been doing Blue Apron. This is not a sponsorship, but we would like it to be. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and 
Dakota and I both really love any type of Asian food. Mm. So a lot of what we get is Asian food. Um, and I've been trying to do, we do four meals a week. I've been trying to do at least two that are vegetarian just to eat less meat. Yeah. As like a health thing and also an environmental thing. You know, whatever. We're trying. And um, I don't feel like I need to eat meat every day. No. So, and I'm not a red meat person in general. Mm. So, uh, either way, a lot of soft boiled eggs have been happening in this house. I'm on the soft boiled eggs and I have perfected it. I... I've not ever had one. I feel like I would have to be talked into to eat a soft-boiled egg. Honestly, a soft-boiled egg is kind of like just eating a fried egg with a runny yolk. And I know that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The key is... It would have to be warm for me. It, they are warm. Well, like, I couldn't... Like, it couldn't have been sitting there for 30 minutes before eating right. it. You right. Know? So, like, basically... Basically, we're, like, having a rice bowl. So you have, like, your rice and your veggie and the sauce, and then you just top it with the soft-boiled egg, cut it up, your yolk gets in there. Yeah, I can do that. It's excellent. I can do that. So that's, like, the only way. Or noodles. Like, if you have an Asian noodle bowl. I would really like to eat some good Asian food, actually. Um, (laughs) Like, I always see that thing people do on TikTok with, like, the tuna or the salmon with the rice and the fucking seaweed thing mm-hmm. with the shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want that. Yeah. Sticky rice is uh, very hard to make. I've tried. Mm. Well, we'll just have to get some. Yeah. Just pre-made from a restaurant. Hawaiian Bros, excellent sticky rice. Yeah, it is very sticky. Yeah. So, anyway. um, We're just going to hop right back in. Pay attention to that warning at the beginning of the episode. That's right. You're going to need it. Um, we're going to finish our coverage of the murders of Shanann, Bella, and Cece Watts. And like we said, if you are confused right now, go ahead and go back and listen to last week's episode of Chris Watts, The Family Annihilator. Yep. So in this part, we're going to go through some of the messages that we talked about in part one. One of the parts of the Netflix documentary that made it so poignant was the inclusion of screenshots from Shanann's text history. And that, like, kind of spoke volumes as to what was happening in their marriage. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it was her and her friends discussing her struggles within her marriage. Right. And I think, honestly, for any person, if you really want to know what's going on in a person's life, you should look at their texts between their friends. Absolutely. So, first, we're kind of going to set the stage with kind of a loose time frame. Shanann, Cece, and Bella left on June 27th for their visit to North Carolina. And the tension in the marriage started to become apparent around July 10th. So they were gone for a couple of weeks. And then the shit kind of started getting serious, I feel like. Yeah. And all of the texts that we were going to read were sent between July 10th and August 13th, which August 13th was the day of the murders. So that's over a month Mm -hmm. or about a month. The following are a series of text threads between Shanann and Chris, and they are varying dates in the months preceding the murders. 
So on July 10th, 2018, Shanann is trying to discuss the state of their marriage with Chris. So do you want to just like you do Shanann and then I'll do Watts like in that first little chunk? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So the first message we're going to look at is from July 10th and it is occurring at 1930, which is 8.32 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Shanann asked Chris, you okay? It's like you don't want to talk. I kept trying to talk, and I had to dig it out of you. And Chris said, I'm fine, baby. The last few days at work have put a lot of responsibility on me with new people. I didn't mean to seem so short, boo. I love you to the moon and back. And he put a heart and a little face emoji. Yeah. <clears throat> Shanann responded, I miss you and I feel like you just want to work out and run. Watts then claimed that running helps, quote, clear my head. It's a way to free it all. And Shanann doesn't seem to buy this and says, I wish my husband wanted to talk to me. Mm. Very sad. Very sad. July 24th, 2018 at 6.02 p.m. Shanann says to Chris, I realized during this trip what's missing in our relationship. It's only one-way emotions and feelings. I can't come back like this. I need you to meet me halfway. You don't consider others at all, nor think about others' feelings. Chris Watts replied that he was sorry and loves her. That's some bare minimum shit, Chris. Yeah, what the fuck? Shanann responded, I try to give you space, but while you're working and living the bachelor life, I'm carrying our third child and fighting with our two kids daily and trying to work and make money. It's not hard texting, love you and miss you. If you don't mean it, then I get it, but we need to talk. I kept looking at my phone all night and no response from you. Like, seriously. We didn't just start dating yesterday. We've been together eight years and have two and a half kids together. She's clearly like like fighting to figure this out with him yeah because she really has no fucking clue what's going on exactly exactly august 5th 10 34 p.m shenan says to chris being away from you it's not the help i miss because i can handle that it was exhausting but with school that's not hard i miss the smell of you you touching me when i'm cooking You touching me in bed. You touching me, period. I missed holding you and snuggling with you. I missed eating with you, watching TV with you. I missed staring at you. I missed making love with you. I missed everything about you. I couldn't wait to touch you, hold you, kiss you, make love to you, smell you, laugh with you. I couldn't wait to celebrate eight eight years with you. If you are done, don't love me, don't want to work this out, not happy anymore, and only staying because of the kids. I need you to tell me. At 11 p.m., Shanann asked Chris, would you stay with me if we didn't have kids? At 11.09 p.m., Shanann said to Watts, I just don't get it. You don't fall out of love in five weeks. Minutes later, she pondered, how can you sleep? Our marriage is crumbling in front of us, and you can sleep? Obviously, Shanann is very confused, um, and it it would be very hard for 
even if he wasn't doing what he was doing on the side, mm-hmm. I feel like with them being separated, it would be very hard, not separated, but literally not in the same state. Yeah. It would be hard for them to communicate this because do, talking about this shit over text is just not going to work. No, absolutely not. No. Um, <clears throat> so now we're going to look at what Shanann was saying to her friends about her relationship. And all of these messages are after July 10th. Mm-hmm. I'll be the friend if you want to be Shanann. Okay. So this is a conversation between Shanann and a friend. We're not sure when this was, but we think it's before he told, before Chris told Shanann that he didn't want a third baby. Yeah. So friend says, Nikki just told me you want to cancel the gender reveal. What's going on? Is everything okay? No. Can I call you tomorrow and tell you? Chris said we are not compatible anymore. I just landed in Chicago, like still on the airplane. Oh my God, what? He said we're not compatible anymore. He refused to hug me, said he thought another baby would fix his feelings, said he confu- he refused couples counseling. Before I left, he could not get enough of me. But wait, no, I think there's a typo in here because it says before... I left, he could get enough of each other. But I think she means before I left, we could not get enough of each other. Yeah. What the hell changed in six weeks? He said he had a lot of time to think. I am so sorry. I don't even know what to say. Girl, me either. We will get together when I get home. I've cried myself to sleep over a week now. Okay, honey, have a great time. I'm here for you and whatever you need. Mm. So at some point, Chris apparently told Shanann that he no longer wanted the baby that she was, you know, already pregnant with. Mm. Um, And the following thread is between Shanann and another friend. Yeah, I believe this is the same friend as the the one we just read. Okay. Um, I might be able to actually find... Well, I don't know. It's okay. I think the the name Anna is coming to my brain, but I don't. Because not all of these are labeled. Yeah. And, like, whenever I pulled them out of the articles that they were in. So, it which is really annoying, but whatever. Okay. <clears throat> so, do you want to do Shanann and I'll do the friend? Sure. Okay. Chris told me last night he's scared to death about this third baby, and he's happy with just Bella and Cece and doesn't want another baby. He's just scared. Everything will be fun once the baby comes. Addie. Addie. I was close. Okay. Addie. He has changed. I don't know who he is. Fine. Not fun. Okay. What do you mean? He hasn't touched me all week, kissed me, talked to me, except for when I'm trying to figure out what is wrong. He refused to hold me, said he's not there. He can't. I haven't slept most of the week. My eyes burn from crying so much. I canceled the gender reveal. Nikki is going to tell me today. I need happy news right now. I said to him, how is this a few months? We were so intimate and what I thought, quote, in love when I left. He said he had a lot of time to think. This baby in my belly deserves his full love either way. What? That doesn't sound like Chris. Did he go to the appointment? 
Yes, but cold. Meaning yes, but he was cold. Addie, I have no idea what happened. Go go through his phone. Make sure there isn't some other bitch I have to kill. This is total left field. Why no counseling? Totally is out of left field. He said he's not sitting on no damn couch saying what he just said to me to no stranger. Oh, Jesus. I said, you sat here in this living room and said you think it would be a great thing to have another baby. We talked it out a lot beforehand, and we agreed to do this. You are so excited and happy. I think he will come to his senses and feel like an ass in a few months. I grabbed his hand during ultrasound, and he didn't grab back. Friend sent a crying emoji. I cringed. He rejected sex night we arrived here. Only thing I can think of, even though I don't think he has it in him, is another girl. So this friend seems to have a lot of faith in Chris. Yeah. Like, she's, like, being there for her, but also kind of trying to console her. Like, Chris is going to come to his senses. This is going to blow over. Which is good. It's just kind of, like, not really what my response would be. I would be like, fuck that guy. Yeah, I mean, it's very, like... It's like she doesn't know what to say. It is like she doesn't know what to say. Yeah, it's, not very invested in the problem her friend is having. Yeah, yeah. You can tell because Shanann is texting, like, a whole bunch of shit, and the friend is just like, bloop. Yeah, which is a serious one because not only do they have kids together, they she's pregnant. She's actively pregnant. It would have been a totally different story if she wasn't pregnant. Right. If she, It would be much, which I think probably is... What's driving her to put so much effort into figuring out what's wrong and fixing it is because Mm -hmm. she's currently pregnant. And a lot of it probably is that she is scared to have Bella is four and Cece is like two. Yeah. And she's pregnant. So if she if she leaves Chris, then she's going to have to she's probably going to be the primary caregiver And she's going to be taking care of a newborn baby, a two-year-old and a four-year-old by herself. That's terrifying. Absolutely. So I get it. She's going there for her marriage. Mm -hmm. And her friend's just like, eh, I think it'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah, basically. (laughs) Pretty much. Then on, on August 9th, she has this conversation with the friend. I think this is this. I think this is Addie again. I think all of these friend messages are between Shanann and her friend Addie. Mm-hmm. This is from Shanann. I'm trying to go with the flow. Oh, she puts like a little boy emoji. So I'm guessing this is her telling her friend she's having a boy. Mm-hmm. And then she says, I'm trying to go with the flow. He's talking and kind of being Chris. OMG. Three exclamation points. Thank God. I love you guys so much, and I know you will be okay. But he's very distant still. Having a boy is a blessing. That's what he really wanted. Tonight has been the best talk yet. Sorry, I was trying to give him my full attention. He's out for a run now. And then Shanann sends a picture of the handwritten letter that she gave to Chris. Yeah, so she gives Chris this letter right before she leaves for Arizona. It says, Dear Chris... I don't know where to begin. I am so lost for words. I can't even explain how hard this pain is. The last five weeks have been the hardest. I missed everything about you. 
I missed your morning breath, your touch, your lips, kisses. I missed holding you. I missed smelling you in the sheets. I missed talking to you in person. I missed watching you laugh and play with the kids that I love so much about you. I miss seeing you naked and on top of me, making love to me. Oh my God, I missed having you around when I felt alone and upset. I just flat out miss the hell out of you. We haven't been away from each other that long since 2012. I really don't know how we fell out of compatibility or if that is someone else's words. The only thing that changed this month was everything going down with your family. I can't change what happened, but I can try and work things out with you and with them, but there has to be a mutual respect for everyone. I definitely deserve an apology because of Celeste. I can suck up her going against everything I said to our kids, but our daughter's life, I guess there's more, and this is the only picture I have. Cool. It's okay. Yeah. I think the main part is the beginning. And it seems like maybe she thinks that Chris Watts' family is influencing him against her. Mm-hmm. Next is a thread about Shanann telling a friend about the incident at Chris's parents with Cece and the peanut allergy thing. So this first chunk is <clears throat> Shanann talking to Chris about this situation. Yeah, now now it's a confusing picture because this is all one photo. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the confusion. I had a lot of choice words I wanted to say to her and your dad for his stupidity. No one stands up to your mom and your dad for that. He's just as guilty by not doing anything. I have nothing to do with him. Stop sharing memories of his grandkids. What does that have to do with me? They are... F- They are fucking with our kids' feelings, and that I'm not okay with. I am their mother, and I will protect them. I have enough to worry about with the world out there. I'm not going to worry about family. I will just remove it. That's not between her and Chris. She copied and pasted something she sent to Chris to send to a friend. And then she said, that's what I texted him in the middle of the night. Fuck! (laughs) So it does make sense. It does. Okay. Jesus. Loves me. I gotta sign myself here. I'm not even Catholic. Okay. So her friend said, what did he say? Nothing. Nothing at all? Just that he loves the kids. Did he say that he loves you? No. He asked me if kids could see his parents, and I said no. I'm standing my ground. They haven't made contact in four weeks. No show at her party. Nothing said for her birthday. It's shocking that he hasn't said a word to you about what you said to him. I'm so sorry, honey. He needs to open up and talk to you about everything. You guys need to clear the air and work on it and then work on the issue with his parents. On August 12th, Shanann sends her friend like a sort of a draft of a talk she was planning on having with Chris the next day when she returned home from her business trip. Dun, dun, dun. Um... Shanann sent a message to Addie explaining the accompanying text was what Shanann planned to tell Watts tomorrow night. And the message read, Can you please tell me something? Because just like you, I'm in my head. I try to fix things and make them better, and this is making me crazy. I know that you need time. 
I want to give you what you're asking for and respect your space. I need some time. This place that I'm in, in my head, is not a good place. It is not healthy for me or Nico, which was the baby she was carrying. I need you to help me help you. I need you to give just a little bit of what I did or didn't do, so I'm not going crazy in my head trying to figure it out. I know I can't fix this by myself. That we are going to have to work together. And honestly, she's not being, like, fucking crazy. No, she's not. Like, she is, to me, she is just fucking confused. She's she's so confused. And this is all happening between, like, she leaves on June 27th thinking everything is perfect. Mm -hmm. Like, they clearly plan to have this third baby and... She's pumped about it. She thinks that he's pumped. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, but for in the span of like a month from July 10th to August 13th, mm-hmm. it just is just, just everything goes fucking crazy and yeah. she's confused. That short amount of time makes it clear. Because when I think of like. <clears throat> marriages imploding i think of like a span of several months Mm -hmm. like it's more drawn out i think than just all of the sudden well yeah and at some point she knew that there was something that he wasn't telling her exactly so and she gave him ample opportunities to just say i've been seeing someone I'm in love with her, and I think we should get a divorce. Yeah. She gave him multiple opportunities because she's constantly asking, what's wrong? Mm -hmm. What's wrong? He could have easily just been like, I met someone else. Yeah. Or while she was gone, when he knew that he was out here gallivanting with Kessinger and was in love with her, he could have just filed for divorce yeah or moved out mm-hmm. easy peasy yeah but you know instead instead let's murder our family because because that seems like a clear course of action yeah fucking a it makes literally no sense no but i feel like it's super common i know which is so strange it is strange like it is very strange. <laughs> Breaking up with someone, I'm sure, sucks. And having to divorce them and go through the whole divorce process sucks. But doesn't it suck even worse to commit murder and then spend the rest of your life in jail? Absolutely. And why would the person that you were having an affair with want to be with someone who killed his pregnant wife and two children? Exactly. <sighs> Fucking A. I just don't understand. That's kind of the setting the context for the marriage. Now we're going to talk about Nicole Kessinger, the mistress. Mm-hmm. And it gets, there's, we're going to do some heavy speculating here. So before we talk about any of it, I'm just going to go ahead and say that a lot of the things we're talking about, most of the things we're going to say are speculation and alleged. Right. 
just for legal reasons. Speculation alleged. <laughs> Please keep that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So from all the evidence that's out there and what's heavily publicized in the articles in the documentary, it appears as though the affair between Chris Watts and Nicole Kessinger began around June 14th. This is when records show he entered her contact information in his phone. <clears throat> so they met at work, obviously. And I have a sneaking suspicion that they met prior to June 14th and struck up a at least a flirting relationship for a while before actually communicating outside of work. It has to be. That has to be true. Could be. That's my inclination. Right. But you, you never know. I also think this shows an element of intent. Uh, Watts had to have had a reason for saving her information in his phone. There's no really other reason he would need to contact her outside of work unless his dick was involved. Oof. That's, li that's literally the only reason. Yeah. Um, so this undercuts the idea that marriage problems started when Shanann and the girls left for North Carolina on June 27th. He was clearly out here being shady long before then. Yeah. So Shanann was clearly in the dark about how he was feeling, but he was clearly like not trying to be married anymore. Yeah, which he could have just said that, but here yeah. we are. Yeah, use your words. Mm -hmm. Anyone out here having an illicit affair um, and they're married, use your words, please. If you love your mistress or paramour, that's an old school word for that, um, that is not gendered. If you have a paramour of any sort, please just tell your significant other, don't kill him. It'll, it'll work out much better. It'll work out much better for you and your spouse. Mm -hmm. And your paramour. Right. Everyone wins. Yeah. Anyway. So the six weeks, the six week, five week, I don't know if they were gone five weeks and the sixth week he was there with them. I think that's what it is. The vacation was six weeks. Shanann, Bella, and Cece were gone on their own, the first five. And then Chris was there week six. Yeah. So the absence of his wife and daughters really just gave him the opportunity to gallivant around unbothered. Right. So. Fucking dick. Oh, he's the worst. Um, as we've already stated, Watts met Kessinger at work. They both worked at Anadarko Petroleum. Kessinger was a safety officer for the company while Chris was an operator. Um, Maddie struggled to find exactly what kind of operator he was. It could have been like a heavy machine operator, but I mean, who really gives a fuck? Yeah, no one cares. Kessinger claims that she did not originally know that Chris was married because he didn't wear a wedding ring. Seems like a very Chris Watts thing to do. Sure. But I mean... There are dudes that don't wear their rings to work because that that shit can, like, something, 
terrible things can happen if something mm-hmm. gets hooked on your ring, which is why a lot of dudes wear those like little rubber rings. Yeah. My dad's never worn a wedding ring in his whole life yeah. because he's a carpenter. But you would think at some point she would have seen him with the ring on. I don't know. I don't Maybe know. there's a day. He, I don't know. I don't know. Anyways. We'll talk about that a little more. As um, <clears throat> according to the Denver Post... Chris actually went into her office to introduce himself in early June 2018, and she thought he was attractive and he appeared single, so she was interested in getting to know him. So, fine, we're with you, Kessinger. We can see and understand why this man would appear not married with two children and one on the way. Sure. Kessinger also claimed that at some point early on that Chris told her that he was separated from his wife and that they were going through divorce proceedings, which was absolutely not true. Not even close to true. And he also told about his daughters at this time. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I guess in his mind they were separating, but Shanann had no fucking idea. Yeah, this was a one-sided separation. (laughs) Yeah. And as we know, Shanann and the girls left at the end of June, and and that is when Kessinger and Chris began the physical part of their relationship. During the five weeks that Shanann was gone before Chris went there to join her, um, Kessinger and Chris were spending most nights together. And Chris was taking her to bars and restaurants and car shows, and they went on that trip to the sand dunes. And... We think they even went on an overnight getaway during this time. I mean, that's a that's a big time frame. Yeah. Yeah. Chris's Google search history shows that during the time that Shanann was away, he was searching for romantic getaway spots to take her. So, I mean, yeah, be that's, true. Yeah. And after this whirlwind five weeks that they had together, Chris had to fly to North Carolina to join his family. Mm-hmm. And while he was away, he reportedly called Kessinger to tell her his divorce was final. Damn. Which I hope you all know, and you should, that they weren't divorced. There were no divorce papers. Nope. There was no talk of divorce. Nope. Um, none of that. Nope. Okay. So... That's kind of the bare bones. Now, let's talk about the red flags that pop up with Nicole Kessinger. And there are many. So, Kessinger claims that when she met Watts at work, she was unaware he was married because he didn't wear a wedding ring. He did eventually mention his wife and kids, but Kessinger claims that he said he and Shania were separated. Now, she says that she discovered that Chris Watts was still married when watching a news report about Shanann and the kids being missing. Mm -hmm. She also says she discovered that Shanann was pregnant through the news report. However, computer records show that Kessinger frequented Shanann's Facebook page. And as we talked about in part one, Shanann was hugely active on Facebook And that not only did she post just her daily life, if Nicole was frequenting Shanann's Facebook page, she probably would have seen the video where Shanann tells Chris she's pregnant. The video that Shanann posts of Bella singing a song to Chris. Mm -hmm. 
the ultrasound photo, the Father's Day tribute that Shanann wrote to Chris saying that she, Bella, and Celeste were all so lucky to have him. Nothing about Shanann's Facebook page would support the claim that they were separated. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Um, <clears throat> no one looking at Shanann's Facebook page would be under the impression that she was nearing the end of a mutual divorce, as Kessinger claimed to believe. Okay. And... It, she, there's no way she could have spent so much time looking at Shanann's Facebook and thought that any of those posts were the posts of an ex or soon-to-be ex-wife. Yeah. I'll go ahead and say most ex-wives are not posting shit like that on their Facebook. Yeah, they they seem very together. They seem very married. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and even though... Kessinger and Watts' relationship was only two months long. Police discovered hours worth of wedding dress shopping, along with phrases like marrying your mistress and man I'm having an affair with says he will leave his wife in her Google search history. Who searches that? What? That? Why would you search man I'm having an affair with says he will leave his wife in a Google search history? Yeah. What possible what possible results are you looking for? I am confused. Are you looking for data? This is weird. This is so weird. Uh, police also found that she had been searching Google for Chris Watts as early as August 3rd, 2017, which is just shy of a year before she claimed she spoke to him for the first time and months before she, quote, met him at work. Whoa. That's they, a red flag. They did not say that in the documentary. Mm-mm. So I will caveat this by saying I pulled this information from a, an online journal called The Thought Catalog in an article by a journalist named Chrissy Stockton. And this... Journal, this article is called A Master List of Everything Shady About Chris Watts' Mistress, Nicole Kessinger. I love that. So, I've not found this piece of information in other articles, and it was not in the doc. But, uh, whoa. Yeah. If she had been, like, Googling his name for a year, suspect. Yeah. Yo. Of course. Then, if that's true, then Everything she fucking says is out the window. Mm -hmm. Every bit of it. Every single bit of it. Okay. So, after looking at some of the early red flags, let's take some more incriminating actions by Kessinger around the time of the murders. Disclaimer again, we are not accusing her of anything. Everything we're saying is speculation and is alleged. 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 Do you want to read these? Sure. Okay. So, again, speculation. The first time Kessinger says she felt anything was off about Watts was the night of Shanann's murder. Before Shanann got home from her business trip, Chris and Kessinger FaceTimed. Chris was lying on his bare mattress 
Since it was late at night, Nicole said she thought this was strange. When the bodies of his victims were recovered, they were wrapped in sheets. And the phone call was just shy of two hours long. It was, wait. 111 minutes? Yeah, it's almost two hours. Almost two hours. Yeah. Yeah. Just shy of two hours long, um, 111 minutes. And uh, Nicole, who is Kessinger, we haven't really said Nicole a lot, but. Yeah, because I don't want it to get confused with with her friend. Nicole Atkinson, who's a badass friend. Yeah. So Kessinger had not been able to tell police what they talked about during this call, though she was interviewed less than 72 hours later. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's a little weird. That's a long conversation. That's a, She should at least remember some of the things they discussed. Yeah, like, even if it was dumb shit. Yeah. Did they talk about, pl- they probably were talking about plans mm-hmm. to do some shit. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I, I would assume. You would think. I mean. She really has no alibi for the time of the murders. So that's awkward. Awkward. The morning of the murders, a neighbor saw a truck similar to the one that Kessinger owned outside of the Watts home. This again is not stated in the doc or in our other sources. It comes from the article written by Stockton. So we'll call it unconfirmed. Yeah. And at that time, Nicole's phone pinged a tower in Frederick, Colorado, which is where the Watts' family home was. Kessinger lived in a town 25 minutes away from that. Yet again, unconfirmed. Ooh, stacking up. Nicole tries to destroy her SIM card before giving her phone to investigators. She also deleted texts and photos of Chris, and um, her search history shows her looking to see if the cops would be able to read her deleted messages. Oof. Oh, no. This is confirmed. Absolutely. And comes up in the documentary and almost every one of our other sources. Um, So this is very sus. Yeah, absolutely. Also, Chip, can cops recover deleted texts, we are asking? Yeah, do your job, Chip. Um, but honestly, if you're, like, taking part in, like, a murder, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if we want to read you the answer. True. I feel like if you're questioning, you should just always assume that anything you have in your phone is recoverable. Absolutely. Just assume. Because you know what? It probably is. Yeah. I mean, it probably is. They can recover hard drives that have been, like, wiped, I think. They do wild shit out here, people. Yeah, because people are fucking nuts. Yeah. So, can they get your text? We're going to go ahead with yes. Chip's yeah. going to confirm, but I think yes. Yeah. Um, phone records show that Kessinger and Chris were in close contact the night before, morning of... And the day following the murders. So that's okay. a little weird. Mm. Um, mm. And a phone search conducted by authorities, investigators found searches on Kessinger's phone for sexual videos and positions. Sure. Hours worth of searches for Shanann Watts. 
and searches including the can cops trace text messages. And after the murders, she searches for Amber Frey, who was the mistress of Scott Peterson. Oh, no. And um, that's wild. Yeah, yeah. And she also searched for if people hate Amber Frey. And then also for Frey's subsequent book deal. So not only (laughs) is she trying to cover up some shit, she's also trying to see if she can cash in on these murders. Yeah. What the fuck? There were also some sexually explicit photos of Kessinger and Chris's phone and that hidden folder on his phone, which is, like, not a huge deal. Not, I mean, of course. He's having an affair. Duh. He has this. Right. One thing that we think we should talk about is the differences between Kessinger and Amber Frey. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think we spent much time on Frey during our cover on Lacey Peterson. No. Uh, she didn't play a huge role. No. But it's very obvious that she had no idea that Scott Peterson was married at first. Absolutely. Especially because um, they actually used Amber Fry to... Is it Fry? It's Fry. Fucking A. <laughs> I didn't... I, I'm not... I'm trying really hard to work on myself, and part of that is not correcting people. <laughs> um, so she is actually wore, a, like, a wire and recorded a phone call with Scott Peterson. So she was involved in kind of, like, taking him down or whatever. So she found, as soon as she saw him on the news and that he was Lacey Peterson's husband, she immediately calls police. Yeah. But Kessinger contacted police after they already knew about her. Mm -hmm. In the Scott Peterson case... The police had no idea he had an affair. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, and she didn't find out that he had had a wife at all until he told her that his wife had passed away. Right. So obviously to her, she's like, oh, okay. Right. He is single. Yeah. And this is the early 2000s. Yeah. So there wasn't social media um, for her to like search shit up. Mm-hmm. And. She really wasn't innocent in all of that. Yeah, she did get a lot of, like, hate and backlash because she's the mistress, which is so fucking stupid. Like, she just met him through a friend. Yeah. Like, at a conference that he was at in a whole different state than he lived. Right. So, it was kind of like, there's no, she's not culpable or guilty of anything. She's yeah. an innocent bystander in this. Yeah. And Kessinger, on the other hand, we talked about this earlier. She knew she should have known a shit ton about their marriage because she was looking at her Facebook page and Googling both of them. Exactly. Um, it's even alleged that Kessinger Googled Chris Watts way before Mm-hmm. Um, back in August 2017, which Maddie said earlier, which is, this is almost an entire year before she even claims to have met Chris. Yeah, exactly. So this could mean that she had admired him from afar at work for much longer than she admits, or that their affair started way earlier. Yeah. And it, sh- it could also indicate that if she was looking him up at that time, 
She most likely saw that he was married and had two daughters. Exactly. Because when you Google someone, usually the first thing that pops up is their social media. Yeah. Especially, like, he's just a regular-ass dude. He's not, like, famous or anything. So the only thing that's going to pop up is, like, his Facebook. That's exactly right. So it's, yeah, she, she, Nicole Kessinger knew way more than she's copping to. Yeah. So fucking ridiculous. So the confession, charges, trial, conviction. We covered most of this in part one, but we're going to talk about his original confession and his eventual confession. So um, he fails the polygraph on August 15th, two days after Shanann's murder. Whatever. We already know that. Um, At this point, he seems to, like, break down, blah, blah. That's what it seems like in the doc. He requests to talk to his father. His father comes in, blah, blah, blah. He tells his dad he woke up the morning Shanann got back from her trip. They talked... They had sex, whatever. And then he told her, (laughs) this is a weird series of events. Uh, He told her about Kessinger and that he wanted a divorce. He said that this caused Shanann to freak out. And so she then went and strangled Bella and Cece. And then that caused Chris Watts to lose it and strangle Shanann. What a dick. Uh, He maintained this was a series of events that happened. Even though he pled guilty to all of the counts of murder, this is still what he claimed was the true happenings. But in 2019, he does an interview with some federal agents i believe so the real series of events are as follows chris wakes shenan as he's getting ready to go to work so we're looking probably 4 30 between 4 30 and 5 a.m because yeah. he says he left at like 5 15 5 30 yeah so he wakes shenan as he's getting ready to go to work and wants to talk about their marriage future whatever Despite Shanann carrying their unborn son, Nico, he tells Shanann about his affair and that their marriage won't last. Shanann replies that Chris won't see the kids again and he strangles her to death. Now, I don't necessarily buy that she threatened to take the kids away from him. Yeah. Just looking back at the text messages between them in the weeks leading up to this, She's already suspected an affair, and she's asked him to be honest with her. She's even asked him if he wants to be in this marriage at all. Just, if you don't want to be in this marriage, just tell me. Right. Like, she's blatantly said that. So, it doesn't seem like she would have been caught off guard by this, and... Especially not caught off guard enough to strangle her two children. And definitely not caught off guard enough to say, you're never going to see your kids again. Yeah. So, I don't believe that's true. And really, this just shows me that even in the confession where he cl- where he takes responsibility for killing Bella and Celeste, he's still trying to place at least some of the blame on Shanann. Mm-hmm. So, so, he strangles her. He strangles Shanann after she says, 
you're never going to see your kids again. And that's when Bella, who's four, comes in and asks, what's wrong with mom? So Chris wraps up Shanann in the bedsheets and carries her to his truck. And then he puts the two kids in the back seat. They are still alive at this point and drives to his work site, which is like 45 minutes away. Then he smothers Celeste in the back seat in front of Bella and then puts her body in an oil tank and then does the same to Bella and puts her in the other oil tank. And then he buries Shanann's body in a shallow grave. So one of the saddest parts of this is what Watts says are Bella's words to him during the murders. So he says that he strangled Cece in front of Bella, and then Bella asked him if he was going to do the same to her as he did to Cece. And then her last words to him were, Daddy, no. Ooh, that's fucking rough. I just don't understand. First of all, if his claim is that he strangled Shanann in a fit of rage over the fear that she was going to take his kids away. Why would you then kill your ch- your two children? I there's he had 45 minutes on the drive from their house to the oil site to decide to, not to do that. To decide not to fucking do that. Mm-hmm. They're they're young. Yeah, I mean, he could have just made something up and they would have believed it. Right. Bella's four and Cece is two. Yeah. Why? Especially whenever he, like, okay, so then he he kills Cece and then Bella's standing there like, is this going to happen to me? And then says, Daddy, no, and he still does it? The fuck? Oh, my God. I can't imagine your kid looking at you in the eyes and saying, Daddy, no, and then you still smother them to death. Yeah. What? I'm like, I have a fever now. Yeah, I can't with that. Oh, Jesus Christ. I cannot. I hope someone kills him in prison. I'm surprised that hasn't happened already. He has to be in some sort of protective custody. Which is lame. Come on, gen pop these fools, okay? For real. Like, most most convicts do not tolerate people hurting children. No. He would have been dead, like, day two, probably, in oh, gen pop. for sure. Yeah. Because, honestly, he looks like a little bitch, too. Yeah. Yeah. He, <laughs> do, he do be looking like that. <laughs> um, so, this confession that he says is the real... The real story is from February 2019. Investigators went to the federal prison where he was serving his sentences. So um, he is the worst. And in my notes, I called him a sniveling piece of trash. Yeah, which is putting it lightly. Yeah. Yeah. So honestly, I think he fucking planned it. He didn't have a fit of rage. No. He probably didn't even tell Shanann about his mistress. He probably just woke up and was like, I'm going to kill, I'm going to kill him. Yeah. Honestly. I, I full, 
full-fledged believe that. I also believe that. So um, we'll do the aftermath, and then we will talk about our opinions a little bit more. So as we all know, in September of 2020, Netflix released the documentary. Um, It's very good. We have both have watched it a handful of times each. Mm -hmm. And uh, watch it. It's called, what is it called? Uh, American Murder... American. Why don't we just look right now? I'll just. It's open. in our sources. And I I just looked this up the other day. Yeah, it's. It is American Murder: The Family Next Door. I knew there was something about like next door in there. It's a good one. Yeah. They do a very good job. Mm-hmm. Now. Of course, this documentary sheds light on how Chris Watts is suited for the Ninth Circle of Hell, of course. However, <laughs> this did not stop an influx of letters from pouring into the prison system for Watts from women telling him how hot he is and expressing sympathy for him. Okay, so I wish I would have remembered and saved it so I could tell everyone listening. There is a TikToker that finds letters that women have written, like, murderers in prison Mm -hmm. and reads them out loud to her TikTok audience and just bashes the fuck out of them. Yeah. Um, Why would any woman, any woman, feel anything about a man who has... Not only murdered his adult wife, but his two little girls. Yeah. As a woman, how do you feel about that? Yeah. And his wife being also pregnant. He killed, essentially, he killed three children and his wife. That is so disgusting. So disgusting. Who are these women? Please figure your fucking lives out. What kind of trauma has made you this way? Like, wow, I would really like to get involved with a man who not only is a dick, um, but he's also a murderer. Not only just like a regular murderer, like he didn't drive by and shoot someone. Mm -hmm. He killed his pregnant wife and children. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. Ugh, whatever. So grossed out. <laughs> um, and apparently he still corresponds with several of his pen pals. No, that's disgusting. disgusting. In October 2020, Chris's parents did an interview with The Sun, and they expressed that they still love their son and speak with him regularly. But his mother, Cindy, said there's not one day that goes by that she doesn't think about Shanann, Bella, and Cece and what Chris did to them. Well, I fucking hope not. Mm-hmm. Um. She said, I go to sleep with them on my mind. I will never, ever get over this. It's something that stays with you. And I'm not trying to be a bitch, but, like, I don't know how I would feel if my son killed his pregnant wife and two children. (laughs) I would probably die. I don't know. It's, honestly, they are in a really, really tragic position. Absolutely. of course, Shanann, the Ruchik family, Shanann's family, they are mourning the loss of Shanann, Bella, and Cece, and then the fact that the person, one of the people that's supposed to be there and love them the most is the one who did it. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's terrible. 
But then you have Chris's parents who have to deal with the same loss, but know that the guy who committed this crime is their own son. Yeah. Like, do you just stop loving your own child? I don't think you stop loving them, but I just don't know how I, as a parent, would feel about who my child is as an adult. That's probably exactly what they think about every day. I don't know. It would probably take me years to be able to even look at them in their face and talk to them. Because, and I, now this is, of course, you can never say, well, I would feel this way. Mm-hmm. But anything your child does is a reflection of you as a parent in some way. When my kids are acting crazy or they're not listening, my first thought is, what am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. What is it that I'm not doing? What can I do differently? Mm-hmm. So if my son straight up murdered his pregnant wife and two kids, I would be like, holy fuck. Mm-hmm. I went wrong somewhere. Yeah. Not that they did, because they didn't at all. I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess that's probably what most parents would think. But also... Some people really are just fucked up people. Well, yeah. No, no, no. I I totally get that. I'm not saying that they did anything wrong. Yeah. But I'm just talking about accepting it enough in your own mind to be able to be like, oh, we miss you, son. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll call you again on Tuesday. Yeah. That would be so hard. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard. I mean, obviously, we can't pass any sort of judgment about that i mean it's their kid you know they they have to deal with that the opposition of their feelings their the tragedy of the murders and the fact that he did them oh yeah they have to they're gonna have that conflict in their brains forever for the rest of their life they're never gonna talk to chris or look at chris and not think about what he did and that's just how that is. Mm-hmm. I don't... It's fucking tragic. And everybody in this situation, except Nicole, Kessinger, and Chris, are really, really tragic yeah, victims here. Absolutely. It's just... Oh, that's terrible. It is. So fucking terrible. So that... We've come to the wrap-up portion and our final thoughts portion. So I've posed a couple of questions for us to answer and the first one is was nicole kessinger involved in these murders what do we think allegedly i don't think that she was like actively involved but Mm -hmm. i think that i think that she knew Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think that she knew he was going to do that and that's why I don't know. It's like when she couldn't tell police what they had talked about on FaceTime. Mm-hmm. There was no reason. If you had no idea what had been going on, mm-hmm. there's really no reason to be like, yeah, I'm just not really sure. I don't remember. Yeah. Like, that's fucking like a, suspicious. At least one or two things. Obviously, yeah. they're not going to get a minute by minute even playback. If you, even if she made something up, like, oh, well, we talked about how next weekend we're going to go to this baseball game. Right. Or... He, we talked about how 
the divorce is going or what the custody is going to be like. Or we talked about a problem we're facing at work. Yeah. We bitched about a coworker. Even if it was bullshit. Of course. But to say, yeah, I'm not really sure. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. Weird. Um, There are a few TikTokers that we're going to cite here that have speculated on the possibility that Kessinger was involved. I have not watched these TikToks, by the way, but it's on my to-do list. I will, I'm going to do that today. But <clears throat> there's the, they speculate on the possibility that she was involved and that there could possibly be footage of her at the Watts home on the morning of the murders. The TikTok handles for those accounts are, the first one is at Picklevick, and that is spelled P-I-C-K-L-E-V-I-K-K. And the second one is at Alex Erickson 11, and that's spelled A-L-E-X-E-R-I-C-K-S-O-N-1-1. So there's speculation out here that she was involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm like really on the fence about this one. Cause of course there is the possibility. There's one theory that is quoted in the Chrissy Stockton article that Kessinger and Watts colluded on the murders in the hopes of collecting some insurance money, which is kind of a tale as old as time. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if there's any evidence of this. I think if there had been like a huge insur- insurance policy taken out on Shanann, any time recently that would have come up in the documentary and the articles. Yeah. But if there was an existing one that he had, like, through work, you know? Because, like, I have multiple life insurance policies through work that are worth a lot of money. Right. That would go to Dakota and my parents. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, like, 50-50 split between Dakota and my parents. Um, so maybe he had a huge insurance policy on them through Anadarko Petroleum that would never raise a red flag, but that exists. That's a possibility. You never know. Because I think really the only ones that they, like, flag as being suspicious are new ones. Yeah. Not ones that have existed the entire time he's worked at this company. That's true. Or ones that she may have had on herself and the kids for however long. Right. Because most people now do have pretty substantial life insurance policies on them just at all times. Yeah, I mean, and most, and even if you don't have, like, extra ones, you're still getting, like, something from your employer. Yeah. For the most part. For the most part. You're going to get at, like... It's not, you know, $800,000... Right. But it's usually at least like a year's worth of your salary. Right. I th- Yeah. I think one of mine is like uh, a year's worth of my salary and then I've purchased extra. So, I mean, Dakota would be looking at maybe like $200,000. Right. With all of the extra ones and my... Which is really not worth doing all that. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> no. Of course, none of murdering your wife and children there's nothing that no i don't care if it was a 100 million dollar life insurance policy no get the fuck out of here because guess what you're gonna get caught 
Absolutely you are. And you're going to go to jail and you're not going to get that money anyway. No. So why would you even do that? I feel like that's such an old-timey reason to murder someone. Yeah. If this was 1993, then I would say your odds of getting away with it and getting to enjoy that money are much higher. Mm-hmm. In 2018? Absolutely no. not. No. You're not getting away with it. No. Because at now, we're all suspicious of the spouse day one when someone goes missing or is murdered. Right. And they're going to figure it out. That you have a mistress. Duh. I mean, I do think that there's certain things that Kessinger would have acquired that, she, you know, probably that big fancy house they had. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think it was for life insurance reasons. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if I buy that theory either. It's just, it's a theory that's mm-hmm. out there. Um, but... You know, if we don't think she was actively involved, do we think that she knew more than she claims? I, I think absolutely yes. Mm-hmm. We already know that she absolutely knew that he was married and not getting a divorce. Yeah. So the claims that she made that he called her from North Carolina saying the divorce was finalized... She knew that that couldn't have been true. Yeah. Because you have, first of all, papers have to be filed for longer than that amount of time. Yes. And she's been stalking Shanann's Facebook, so she clearly knew that they weren't filed at the end of June. Mm-hmm. So she absolutely knew that he was actively married and not separated and not divorced. Yeah. And she's trying to get a book deal out of this shit. Which is confirmed. That is a confirmed piece of evidence. Yeah. The Whether she was Googling Chris Watts a whole year before all this happened, whether she had been, um, whether her phone pinged in Frederick, Cal- Colorado on the morning of the murders, that's speculation. But we absolutely know that she frequented Shanann's Facebook for the whole time. Mm-hmm. She was Googling wedding dresses and she was Googling Amber Fry. Yeah. And Amber Fry's book deal. So she definitely knew more than she is admitting to. Absolutely. And I think, in my opinion, she at least knew what happened. She was not in the dark like Amber Fry. Yeah. She was not caught off guard in any way. I feel like she she knew what was going on. I agree. Can it be proven? Probably not. But no. I feel like she was. At least in the know. Yeah. Was she involved? Maybe. Never know. That's a tough one. It's a real tough one. I'm going to go watch these TikToks and see what the fuck they're saying. I'm going to watch it when I get home. And maybe I will record myself reacting to it and put it on our TikTok. There you go. We'll both do this. Okay. This is the end. Emily has to go because she's got, like, plans and a life and all that. I'm still in my pajamas, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I've been sitting here thinking, like, am I going to have to wash my hair before I do the things I'm doing today? Uh, that's always It's the clean because I washed it last night, but it, I don't know what I did while I was sleeping last night. That's why I'm wearing a stocking cap. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's flat ironable out. I never like to straighten my hair, like, 
after I've slept on my hair. I know, because it, it never, looks ridiculous. It looks, it just makes it look flat. Yeah. The so, point of straightening is to make it straight, not flat. Right. And now I'm sitting here thinking, like, I'm really going to have to wash my hair again today. That sucks. I need to wash my hair, but that's because it's been, like, five days, six days. I'm very sad about this. That's always the question, isn't it, before you have to go anywhere, is, do I need to wash my hair for that? Usually my answer is no, but you are meeting someone for the very first time. Yeah. And so you, you probably have to I wash probably it. shouldn't wear this stocking cap. It is cold outside. But. No, but you kind of look like a degenerate right now, which I am here for. I mean, you're wearing black Converse, black leggings, a black t-shirt, and a black beanie, <laughs> which we all know is my aesthetic for everything. No, I mean, <laughs> I did kind of just think about, well... I can just make the bottom of my hair look better, mm-hmm. keep the stocking cap, put on some mascara, mm-hmm. change my outfit. Um, I was thinking I have a white tee I can wear with, like, my black and grayish white button-up, plaid button-up that I could just leave unbuttoned. Mm, yeah. Keep the leggings. Yeah. And the checks. Obviously. Um, I mean, she... They listen, know who I am. Listen. You don't want to put on airs. That's very true. So, um, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, don't wash your hair. Keep the beanie. I think you're right. Yeah. That's, that's clear. I mean, when, also, we didn't even say that Emily's starting a new job on Monday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I start a new job on Monday. Hell which is yeah. the day after tomorrow. Um, yeah, Valentine's Day. So, mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Um, but she is taking the job that I just left. Yeah. It's fucking <laughs> great. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, but I used to wear beanies to fucking work all the time. I'm so. very excited. Also, the email from Ashley said no tennis shoes. I wore chucks every day. I know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm aware of tennis shoes. Everyone wears tennis shoes. Yeah. Maybe she meant no open-toed shoes, because that is the rule. No open-toed shoes. Yeah, it's a tennis. So, I mean, I don't play tennis in these, so I can be like, well, I don't... Just just wear the chucks. Yeah. And, um... I don't think it'll they're going to say anything. They're not going to say anything. I, I literally wore chucks every single day. Yeah. That's I, all I have, other than a couple other pairs of shoes. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing. Po- sometimes you're going to have to go out onto the production floor to do audits. And so you aren't going to want to wear... You, you wouldn't even be okay to wear, like, dress shoes out there. Yeah. Like, flats or whatever the other, like, office customer service people wear. Because... Which I don't really own anyways. I mean, yeah. I have, like... No. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not wearing that shit. No. And, like, I don't know. I wore, well, boots in the winter when it snows, obviously, but... Yeah. Other than that, chucks all day, every day. Anyway, okay. Um, so, we're we're gonna go now. Um, thank you for listening. Yes. This has been a titillating two-part episode. And we hope that you enjoy it. Come back next week. Please do. Our story next week is wild and crazy. But we're not going to tell you what it is because where's the fun in that? So 
Um, Haley and Ariel are the real professionals in this operation. So thank you. And please, for the love of God, subscribe to the show. (laughs) If you've been listening and you didn't subscribe, what do you, what's up? Yeah. I'm just not really understanding at this point. Just subscribe. Please rate us five stars. It doesn't take that much. No. Um, and write us a review. That'd be real nice. Please, if you're, like, going to be mean, though, like, at least be clever about it. Yeah. Make us laugh. We're not going to tell you not to write anything mean, but if you're going to do so, make sure it's grammatically correct and clever. Yeah. We'll appreciate that. And visit our socials, TikTok, Instagram, all that. DM us. We'll respond to you. And that's all. So um, don't kill your spouse or your children, please. And um, be kind. And stay weird. Okay, bye. Bye.